0: Welcome to Jason the Movie Knots. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Chris Wunderlich. And we're talking about a few movies by Wong Kar-wai. We're talking about uh, In the Mood for Love, uh, Chungking Express, and 2046. Right. And Wong calls it 2046, not 2046, whether that's a Hong Kong way of saying it or not. Um, You you were just saying you you did not want to spend more time with the characters. (laughs) You kind of, I guess you're talking about chunking express.
1: No, no, no. Um, well, the, the two movies we watched in the mood for love and two Oh four six are sort of connected. Um, it's, it's the same main character supposedly throughout both of them. And, uh, there, there is a first movie in this sort of trilogy that we didn't watch. And I don't, I don't regret that at all. I I don't miss not seeing that first movie. I think, uh, (laughs) these other two uh they made their point yeah go on with that i want to hear all about this oh boy well you know no let's let's start let's go chronologically here because i think this is a guy whose style definitely evolves right this is a guy who yeah he definitely knows what he wants and uh and keeps doing it throughout his career and refines it sometimes and sometimes it falls apart but um, Chunking Express, right? That one was 1994. So chronologically, that was the first one he did that we watched, right? Yes. <sighs> okay, so what did you think of Chunking Express? <laughs> so I've seen this movie three or four times. Okay. And,
0: um there's a lot of aspects of it I love and a lot of aspects of it that make me crazy. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. So, uh, and I wonder how much of that is my Western approach to the movie, or my lack of context around what he's trying to accomplish in it. But, um, like the stuff I love is the uh, action scenes, the the robbery in the beginning, the one with the blonde hair and her connection to uh, the first police officer, three two three, I believe we call him. Right, right, right. Two two three. Excuse me. And um, how that relationship uh, grows and evolves, and the complicated way of getting together with each other. The stuff that frustrated me was this weird kind of almost manic pixie dream girl stuff with Faye and uh, 663, (laughs) where it it, and the repetition
1: of the music makes me crazy. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you know what? It doesn't matter what your cultural context is. Boy, he likes, uh, well, there's two songs in this movie and he plays one of them it's got to be at least a dozen times uh-huh oh boy and i don't think that's a cultural thing i that just <laughs> oh boy that was no, a conscious drop. choice cuz he wants to make you think about uh the
0: resonance of these people's life. so uh, we get the waltz over and over again and in, in the mood for love
1: oh do we ever do we ever oh. oh yeah chris i think you didn't like these movies as much as i do no no probably not um <laughs> like, you said, <laughs> like you said there's things there's, there's aspects of them that i really appreciate right there's things that i just adore um but it's mostly like <laughs> it's mostly like the behind the camera decisions
0: oh, not
1: right. really oh, i mean again there's so many things that really really bugged me
0: okay start um, with but, in the start with um
1: chunking express what what bugged you about it Okay, so first this movie is is uh, a very strange approach to storytelling where it's just two stories. And the first one is kind of short, and then the second one is pretty long. And okay, I'm up for a little, uh, let's not do the three-act structure. Let's take an experimental approach to storytelling. I can appreciate that, right? But then I found the first story, uh, which you said you liked, actually, which involves, you know, a woman and this... Uh, this drug operation and you know she's working the underworld and everything then there's this cop who is um you know just broken up with his girlfriend and then they sort of by chance meet um except like i was kind of intrigued by this woman's plot you know there there there's some stakes being built here there's some interesting events that were occurring um and then the cop character again he was I don't want to say not likable because he had some charm to him, right? Where he's just heartbroken over this woman and he's calling all his, all the girls he's ever known sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of this very like, oh yeah, that was 1994 where you could just spend hours at a payphone outside of a fast food place, right? Like it was very, um, yeah. Like you could really feel the time and place of this movie. And again, he's just doing so many wonderful things with the camera and the lighting And the soft focus here, and the just like it's beautiful. It's beautiful, right? But then nothing really comes of it, you know. This cop, I I, first of all, I don't buy this guy as a cop. They have one quick scene where it's like, oh, I made a drug bust. Uh, Okay, but really, he just seems like a like like he's a twelfth grader. So this guy seems like he's in his early twenties, having his first job, right? And he is, right? Because he he turns, what, 25 in this movie or something I think so,
0: yeah. It does make you wonder how he ended up getting a job like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's a young guy, but I don't buy him as a cop for a minute. And it doesn't really play into the story that much, except for some sort of artificial tension, like, oh, he's a cop and she's a criminal. and Look, they've just met in a bar. But again, we're more concerned about this guy buying pineapple than him being any sort of law enforcement officer. So then when the characters finally meet and their stories, which to this point have been kind of interesting, finally cross paths, again, he's just hitting on this woman out of loneliness, sort of to an annoying degree, and she's rejecting him, again, kind of to an annoying degree. He's just talking about pineapple. She just wants to be left alone. And then their magical night together is she just like sleeps on the hotel bed while he eats and watches TV. And it's like, okay, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful beautifully done, but you kind of forget that it's just so unfulfilling. Uh, you know, he's going for that wonderful jog in the rain in the morning and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you're there, you know? Like, like the director puts you in that guy's shoes, but then he's like, oh, she wished me a happy birthday. The happiest woman in my life. And it's like, this is a woman that you just watched sleep for eight hours. This does this, he... this not ring emotionally true to me. <laughs> okay. you know, So you
0: were more annoyed by the characters than anything else. You didn't find them charming or interesting
1: or like i like a good experimental plot you know i do right yeah i know you do but this is less experimental than it is just like like but okay ron Carway loves a good shot of a character thinking i think that's his favorite thing in the world right but a lot of times it's like okay here's a long shot of a character thinking it's a beautiful shot lighting's perfect there's all the right props the acting is fantastic to, but I don't care what this character is thinking. And then you tell me what the character is thinking anyway. But so much exposition, like, oh, pineapple that expires on this day is a symbol of our love. Like, yes, I know. And then you tell me 10 minutes later. And then you tell this woman. And then you reiterate it at the end. <laughs> I know. I, I get the symbolism. <laughs> like, you're doing enough with the camera. You don't need all this exposition. You know what I mean? I think
0: uh, what you're going to be getting to in a few minutes is. Um... So i was i was tempted to say a lot of this stuff is as director's early film and he's going to over explain things but i think what you're going to get um, to in a few minutes is uh <laughs> you see this you see this in all three films
1: oh boy i mean i see it in all three films in the mood for love not so much uh 2046 oh my word oh my word it's the biggest it's 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 overbearing in that movie the whole movie is exposition. Anyway, we'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, Chunking Express again, and this is just the first story, right? So I'm just getting used to the director's style. Yeah. And oh, uh, yeah. you know, he, he has a lot of things that I do like, right? Like again, the guys, the guys lighting, the guys, um, his his sense of blocking a shot, right? Like everything this guy is doing with the camera is great, except one thing. And this ruins, in my opinion, the experience of all three films is he has this obsession with the type of slow motion where you're cutting out a bunch of frames and it's the very choppy slow motion that you saw in like a lot of like maybe low budget movies uh, that maybe, you know, they shot at one speed, decided they wanted slow motion. So when they slowed it down, it was that choppy sort of only a few frames, very you know, washy kind of imagery. That, you know what it just maybe it comes from other movies I've seen, maybe it comes from just you know <laughs> what I'm looking at, but I hate that effect. I think okay. it makes everything look so cheap. And you know what? He does it in every single movie and he does it so much, and it just pulls That's me of the experience. Like, I'm rooting for this guy to experiment all he can behind the camera. But when he does that, like that, that is a failed experiment. It looks terrible to me. It, and it becomes and just, cliche.
0: Oh. He keeps coming back to you, too, in in your mind, because he does that in almost oh. every movie I've seen by him. He does.
1: Yes, and again, it's an experiment with film speed. It's an experiment with, you know, what he's doing in the story. It it, it perhaps shows a deeper meaning to the scene, but to me, it's just like okay, this looks like a scene from 24, you know, from like 2003, I feel like I'm watching Jack Bauer on television or like something value than that, you know, it just <sighs> it's <laughs> like he has so many experiments he throws all the experiments at the walls and the ones that he decides to stick which is, some of them are the wrong choices and that one bothered me so much and it's the worst in King's. Yeah, he is playing with it a lot
0: in Chun-king. Yeah. And there's just a lot he just loves that that feeling of like having the character in the foreground and having all the stuff flowing in the background, which <laughs> yes. I like cuz I I like kind of this idea of this, like this weird time dilation where the character is frozen yeah. but everything around them is moving around. So you get a sense of like the character being stuck in time but their experiences or everything around them is moving. So it really is like I'm a person who's like stuck in my own mindset.
1: And I can't yeah, think of any you know other what? mindset. It's it's like it's a cool idea and it's great in theory. And okay. it's like, okay, he wants to portray that. So he does. But to me, it's like, oh, we just shifted to a low budget music video for 10 oh, seconds. Yeah. You know? Like this was being done in the 80s. And it's already cliche by the time he gets around to experimenting with it, you know? Oh, okay. But again, like I said, he does it for a reason, and I think those artistic reasons are good. I just think what I'm seeing in in front of me
0: displeases me quite a bit. And it's another repetition, as you were saying a few minutes ago. So
1: much repetition, yeah. Just
0: another thing he keeps coming back to again and again.
1: Yep, yep. So, like I said, not crazy about the first story in this movie. Mm. Um, And then you said you weren't as crazy about the second story.
0: Yeah, it's a little,
1: it's a little cutesy to me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this, this idea that again, a somewhat ineffectual cop, although I think he's a little more effectual. Well, another lovelorn guy too. I don't know. I maybe not. Uh, and. The girl who steals his key and goes breaks into his apartment and uh just neatens it up and tidies it and updates everything in it kind of secretly. Like it's like it's very cute, but it's almost too cute for its own good. It's like it's overly overly kind of enchanted with itself, is uh, what I often think. Like there seems that they're completely charming. Like when he talks to the soap, I think that's wonderful. I like I just think that's so cute. Um, and it really shows like so much inner life. But then like it just gets a bit much and and I just start it just kind of feels overwhelming that this kind of arbitrariness on top of this guy's life. And like I also feel like it would make sense if it was like this guy who's really controlling in his life or really controlled in his life and uh, everything around him is so she brings this chaos into it or this order into it or vice versa. But there's not enough contrast between the two to really make that uh, really resonate for me. But maybe yeah, that's just why 100%. they're kind of faded to be a couple too, is they're more similar than they might otherwise seem. I just lost you for about two minutes.
1: There. Oh, okay. So I think I missed you. Well, you probably <laughs> got cut it point. in point. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it is it's a similar story. But again, yeah, I mean, I like the second story a little bit better but it's even less satisfying. I think (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a bit, it's a bit more uh, it's, it's a little more of an interesting journey I think because it it has a little bit longer to breathe and there's a little more opportunity to see different things happen. Um, But it feels like a very empty relationship that this guy is um, really interested in putting on camera, you know? That's a great point because they're pretty shallow characters. They're shallow characters, but at the same time, like the relationship is nothing like yeah, again, he he wants to show that they're sort of each other, but he does that by giving us long shots of them thinking mm-hmm. and then some exposition. and then it's like these characters these characters don't actually experience any like romance. they're just sort of like, oh, this is a girl I keep seeing at the restaurant and she's sort of like, oh, you said manic pixie dream girl thing and I'm going to hide in his apartment and do all these things and we don't really have a reason to care. It's sort of interesting that it's happening but like the only time they spend together is like her being really afraid while he massages her legs and then she falls asleep or something.
0: <laughs> yes, you just don't buy him at all as a couple.
1: Oh, as a couple, not at all. I mean, I don't think it's a, a romantic story. I think it's just a story about Two people that were fascinated with each other and it never really came to anything Mm -hmm. um which you know again leaves you kind of feeling empty like okay i you know there's some like uh relating you can do to this sort of experience where it's like oh remember that person i used to know and it's like they were kind of quirky and like i was curious about them i wonder if they were curious about me too but then at the same time he gives us the story about like oh she gave me a boarding pass for a year later and then she came back into my life and it's like yeah but she served you know coffee a few times and then broke into your house like why do you care about this person <laughs> <laughs> well that boarding pass
0: I, I uh, that also is like one that like borders on being really cute or really annoying right because she yeah. writes the boarding pass on a piece of paper and it gets rained on and he puts it inside the the hot dog cooker <laughs> inside the circle K, and it's like,
1: this is yeah. awfully
0: darn cutesy.
1: It is cutesy, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, it's it's shot so beautifully. And just like, okay, scenes of this woman serving noodles are like belong in a museum, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> if only I cared about the people that I was seeing in these shots, you
0: know? And you were talking about this longing that people have. They never quite connect. And that's definitely a theme in all three films.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big
0: time. Uh, which is interesting.
1: It's a, and, it's a neat thing. And, to and a theme in,
0: in a lot of his other films that I've seen as well. Happy Together is really about this ill-fated couple, effectively. Mm. That um, A lot of the movies about them realizing they're an ill-fated couple. Uh, so this is something he comes back to over and over again. Um, I kind of found it satisfying how the couples don't come together in these films.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, I'll say that about it. It was satisfying that it took an atypical approach. Um, But then, again, also, I don't think enough work was done to make you actually care about them getting together in the first place, you know?
0: Yeah, you wanted more exposition there. I wonder, too, when I watch these films, how much I just don't get because of cultural references right yeah i mean and there's he talks a lot about of this like... a lot in the comments around um in the mood for love where food is a huge element to it and a hong kong audience would appreciate mm-hmm. the the complexity of the foods they're eating like the time of year a certain thing is commonly eaten because of the vegetables being right. ripe during a certain time and also in the mood also is very much about um a certain time period and the the people who had moved to Hong Kong because of the Chinese communist takeover of, of China. So it's got that element to it, which like two things I absolutely don't know anything about. And but so because happened, of that, right? like I wonder there there's some context
1: that I'm just not quite getting. Yeah, and I think a lot of it too is like um, uh, how, how you treat other people, you know, in a society sort of thing. Like all the characters in all the movies are very um, formal with each other. You know, even mm-hmm. Chunking Express, you can tell there's like, like it, as soon as the characters sort of break that seal of formality, as soon as they're sort of like, whoa, this is no longer just a customer and business person relationship at this fast food place, then it's like, oh, well, that, that's romantic, right? Like, <laughs> you know, what? it's almost like she has to skirt the intimacy. Uh, by sneaking into his house you know like it, it's almost like being informal and playful with another person is so like like whoa that's the risque part you know
0: well and that's the interesting thing maybe the most interesting part of this to me which is she there is no intimacy but there's a very complex intimacy between these two at least from Face side towards uh towards 663 or she couldn't possibly know him any better in the way he lives his life but she doesn't know him at all as a person yeah yeah
1: and again that's like an interesting concept <laughs> um but then it's also you know also so much of it is taken from his point of view too where it's like oh he's so smitten with her and it's like well why um you know like okay i can see him being curious you know, interested even, but to be right. like, oh, she was the one that got away. I was like, you didn't even get to the first date. She didn't even show up for the first date, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's that too. There's that too. Absolutely. And again, like, okay, that, that's cool. It's good to have a, an atypical relationship explored, but at the same time, he's, he's stringing us along with all this fancy shots and camera work and long uh very cerebral you know this character's thinking this character's struggling this character's talking to his washcloths you know like it's just he he's pulling us along so slowly that it's only really that interesting plot-wise when you reflect on it and say like oh that's what he was doing because when you're along for the ride you're just like oh that's pretty oh that's quirky oh that song again you know
0: (laughs) Well, so, okay, so this is a good transition, I think, to In the Mood for Love because um, it's generally considered to be his masterpiece, often considered to be one of the best movies of the 21st century. uh, But it also mines a lot of the same stuff you're talking about. Yeah. Do you feel like it is more successful
1: or. (laughs) Yes, yes. I definitely like this one the best out of the three um, because it has, again, he takes an atypical relationship. And he explores it, and he does it with a lot of style and flair, Um, but I appreciate the style and flair here even more. And I think until maybe the last third to quarter of this movie, he was stringing us along and I was pretty interested to see where it was going. Mm -hmm. I think it definitely falls apart near the end and completely loses me by the very end of it i think it just sort of unfinished maybe um but up at least the first two-thirds of this movie it's like okay this guy knows how he wants to make the movie he actually has a story he wants to tell and it's you know maybe a little different and i'm along for the ride you know uh-huh it, it, it's so you-
0: interesting how these characters never quite connect to each other they have a yeah. connection But their morality prevents them from actually doing what their spouses are doing. Yeah. And they figure out very early on their spouses are cheating on them. And they have every possible way to connect to each other. But Mm -hmm. they can't connect to each other because of who they are, because of the way they live their lives. And everything around them is a representation of who they are. I think in this movie the colors are so powerful because they are oh, yeah. these bold bright passionate colors that contrast with the fact that these folks can't really relate to each other and um and the dresses that um the dresses Maggie Chung wears which are uh, I have it written down here somewhere chiang or something okay I, I got the dress uh, I sorry I I I wrote it down, and I think I have now can't find it in my notes. But it's a specific type of dress that was popular at the time. But anyway, yeah. she, she wears this dress with this high collar, but it's really tight, and she wears it with mm-hmm. high heels. So it's both sexy and restrained at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I and I think it's very symbolic. And he almost always wears suits, and he's almost always completely dressed. She's got yeah, a very we're... strong sense of control <laughs> about herself to, you know... Even when she's undressed, she wears her slippers in a certain way. You know, there there's no abandonment of who they are. So there's these, yeah. Please go ahead.
1: I, just, I mean, like even the the landlord character in this movie, she even says like, she, oh, she's dressing up like that to go out for noodles. You know, which are literally like in a steamy alleyway. <laughs> like right. She's she, yeah. She maintains this rapport.
0: Um, so how did you respond to the to the way they they try they sort of connect and they don't connect there seems to be a very close relationship between them but they don't quite actually become this romance we're expecting them to be and they have this integrity but they also lack some integrity in a way because they're not acting on their impulses i find them to be a really intriguing couple because they are so they act in ways that we just don't i don't expect
1: oh yeah yeah in fact there was a few scenes in this movie that i was wondering if we were you know doing time skips almost Mm -hmm. right because i I really liked when the characters got together and they started saying things and you're you're wondering you know oh this character's acting a little strange where's this plot going and then you realize they're getting together not to have like a relationship but to like to act as each other's spouses to sort of fill that void that they know they're both feeling right so he's literally acting like her husband and she's literally acting like his wife but like (laughs) you know as in completely different characteristics and at first I thought like oh is this you know are we experimenting with time here or something but it's like no these are just two characters doing something I really didn't expect you know they're not having like a romantic relationship they're having like a a partnership to um, alleviate their loneliness you know yeah yeah
0: that's it right and they are compatible which I find so interesting they're compatible to each other but they're also kind of wearing the clothing of the spouses they want each other to
1: be yeah so yeah and you know I, I think that was like again an interesting take on a story right beautifully shot great setting great time period great colors and everything um i do think like we said there's this relationship that the characters have i think it sort of loses the magic when he finally says like well i never expected i'd fall in love with you you know and then it's just like well from everything we've seen it doesn't sound like you fell in love with her you know yeah it almost seemed like gotta add that in for the audience
0: I think he does it. I think it does come onto him like a realization that he is that he's in love with her. But he also. that That's the longer scene where they're talking and they're in the streets. Right. And they're kind of. Yeah. There's almost a sense of them dancing around each other as they're talking. Yeah. 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 And I think it's him wrestling with his emotions. And it's a realization that comes to him that no way kind of tortures him.
1: I guess so. Yeah, it just seems sort of like a like a, this was an interesting relationship, and it ends as an re- interesting relationship. But there was that sort of hint that like ah okay he does love her, and sort of like are you are you betraying the story you had there, or are you are you still playing with it? You know. Yeah. Well, I think uh, my
0: take is he's still playing with it. Okay. And um. So uh, let's. Uh, I want to first talk about the fact that there's like a ridiculous amount of cut scenes from this film. It was originally he, he. So the way Wong makes makes movies is he goes into the he goes into the filming stage and he's got a script, but then he mostly improvises again across the script and then it essentially gets rewritten as he makes the film. Okay. So, so this was actually going to be one third of a different film. He was going to have three different storylines that were all interspersed with each other. And this one was going to be focused mainly on this couple and their eating. And what he found as he started making the film is that it took a different shape. Um, Hmm. As he carved off the the sculpture metaphorically, he discovered it was really about these people and their uh, kind of alliance that they create with each other and yeah. the way they relate to each other so there was originally like a, quite a few more fil- uh, scenes that have them much more emotionally intimate there's one scene where they sing chinese opera together and where they dance together oh huh. <laughs> all um, right but instead when he put the film together he put it together like this which i thought was interesting because he kind of in doing that he pulled back from all the the heightened emotion yeah opera right and, and pulls it into like this place where it's very much like this stuck in time kind of feeling of like a bug stuck in amber
1: yeah yeah well i mean he has that whole scene of uh you know the the woman's uh the guy one of them snuck into each other's rooms um not for any romantic purposes right i think yeah. they're writing a martial arts novel together But Uh they're so afraid that everyone will think they're romantic. That she has to spend the whole night there while the neighbors play Mahjong, right? Until the wee hours of the morning. And just just so they they can't be even seen, you know, buying noodles together.
0: But they're gossiping about them anyway, which is so funny,
1: right? Yeah. And again, that's another like, okay, time, place, culture, right? Those things play huge factors in this that we can only tangentially relate to yeah but we still understand the story it's still a well-told story uh even with all the experimentation and here here he does very little of that bad slow motion and he has that great overclocked so he's shooting more frames and then slowing it down so it's yeah it's the natural slow motion that we're used to that is very tasteful (laughs) and looks great and feels great in this movie you know it's the right kind of experiment for it so you 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 enjoy
0: this this movie quite a bit more than it sounds like
1: um uh, again at least for the first two-thirds to three quarters yes definitely okay
0: so so now let me get into the other thing I was going to say which I think yeah which when when it occurred to me I think a friend mentioned this and it, it really kind of turned the movie around for me okay. in my perception of it which is if you if you watch it, Almost every scene of the couple is through some sort of lens. It's a mirror. There's glass in front of them. There's rain in front of them. In in some way, we're seeing them indirectly. We're never seeing everything straight on. And even in the scene where um, they're discussing how um, Mrs. Sue is going to tell her husband that she knows he's cheating on her. We think she's mm. talking to, to Mr. Sue, and instead she's talking to Mr. Chow. Yeah, right. Yeah. And we have this moment like, "Ooh, didn't expect that." Right. So oh, a lot of these movies great about team. this kind yeah. of indirect communication that's happening, mm-hmm. or this indirect feeling, or everything feeling like it's kind of filtered in some way, which I think also really, like really contributes oh, to indirect. the indirect. Yeah, which I think really contributes to like what we're meant to feel from this movie. But then you were saying you, you found the ending frustrating. And I did too the first time I saw it. And I realized this is my interpretation. And only my interpretation. Okay. Other people may <laughs> agree or disagree. Um, when we see him later on at Angerwatt, he is looking back on this experience. Angerwatt is this you know, giant mosaic of different freezes of, friezes of Events have happened in people's lives over the years, right? It's um yeah basically a chronicle of Cambodian society, and um so he's in this place where we're reminded that things happen over and over again. Life recurs again and again and again. We're in a pattern that happens over and over again, and he starts to think about he he goes on this trip and he starts to contemplate what has happened to him in his past, and uh in my mind what's happening. Is that everything we had seen before? Is him remembering these experiences while he's at Anger Wat. So therefore, that makes sense. therefore, this movie has this element of the unreliable narrator, and so the impressionistic elements of it and the kind of interesting stylization of it is in some ways his memories. In some ways, his wish the uh, the memories of what he wish had happened. Uh, um manifested on what we see on the screen
1: uh i mean (laughs) that makes a little bit of sense to me but at the same time i don't think what he wishes happened um actually like i don't think there's any wish fulfillment in the movie that we see and also there's so many scenes that he's not even in you know um where it's the woman and you know, maybe she's at work talking to her boss, maybe she's just talking to the landlord, that's refusing true. to eat a meal with them. You know, so I don't think these are things that he would be remembering, okay? Um, because I mean, they wouldn't even have much interest to him. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that, but again, where I she's really...
0: like negotiating with her boss about what time to leave, like,
1: yeah, I mean, completely. Yeah, I mean... It's an interesting scene in the narrative, right? Because it's like, okay, she does everything for this boss and who's maybe not a moral character, but he's still in charge. So it's like, okay, we're bringing up the morals and authority. And he's playing with interesting things in a relatively dull scene. But again, I don't think it has anything to do with the the husband character. but I think it, what you're saying about indirect communication, I think that's definitely the strength of this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like you never see the husband and the wife that are cheating. You hear them a little bit, um, but he's always calling her. And, you know, he's always giving messages. She only gets letters in the mail kind of thing, right? Like they're even more disconnected to their spouses. You know, like we see these two characters interact and we think like, oh, they're eating meals. They're going in a taxi cab whoa he touched her hand like yeah. you know that is some pretty like vague communication it's nothing heavy but then like it's kind of extreme for them because they have so little you know this yeah, guy his and, wife and... is never around her husband's never even in the same country we know from 2046 that uh wong doesn't
0: mind showing sex so it's not a stylistic quirk of making a movie in Hong Kong either.
1: Although I wonder because twenty forty six is a big co production. Um, no, I can tell you I, in the other movies I've seen by him, there is some pretty explicit sexual okay. elements to that to the film. Okay, I was wondering if that was the influence of the uh, what was it the Italian and the French uh, producers that were also on board with that movie. But no, okay, that
0: makes sense. Now he um, was I was I wondered that too but no he's free to he was free to create whatever he wanted without worrying about censorship.
1: So the restraint is like admirable and important to the narrative, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, I mean it, Fallen Angels literally has two scenes of uh masturbation in it and Happy yeah. Together has um a gay couple and there's a sex scene between them as well. It's um huh
1: fairly explicit well this movie is the opposite Mm. i mean i don't know if there's that many uh, instances of the characters making eye contact right well that's it that's what's so fascinating
0: about it to me is Mm -hmm. it's these characters that never quite connect with each other and Mm -hmm. because of that like it it is probably like this very strange romance it's really unique romance where it's More than a friendship, less than a romance. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a
1: romance. I mean, it's called In the Mood for Love, and I think that's meant to sort of take you for a swing, you know? (laughs) It's Uh supposed to throw you off, right? In the mood, but not actually doing anything. Well, they're in the mood for, for love, but not necessarily with each other, right? I mean, I think they desperately want to connect with their spouses. They are in the mood to alleviate the loneliness, Right. They desperately want love, but they are not willing to find it in each other, whether it's for moral reasons or societal reasons or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of instances where, you know, he's writing the book and he's like, hey, you want to help me write a book? Like, that's something two friends can do together, but they still have to meet in secret in this hotel room and it's still sort of like, well, it's not an affair, but it kind of feels like one. yeah it feels like they're
0: kind of going around (laughs) well and i and that's the other thing like it just occurred to me as you're saying that in the mood for love doesn't mean they're they have to be kissing and you know having sex with each other love is also like this we were just talking about a minute ago the love between the the husband and wife the spousal love which uh, i think is what they really are craving
1: yeah i mean it should be like longing for love not just in the mood right (laughs) yeah yeah, the
0: Japanese or the Japanese the Hong Kong title is uh The Age of Flowers which I think has some resonance to Chinese poetry.
1: Yeah, that, that certainly means uh, us but uh it's a nice title still. <laughs> uh so at the end of
0: uh at the end of In the Mood for Love he gets a the hotel room or an office room and that is room yeah. 2046.
1: Yep. I don't know if you picked up on that. <sighs> yep. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter if I picked up on it or not. 2046, sure like to, to drive it in. <laughs> so uh, tell me what you thought of this film. I hated this movie.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 tell. I had a miserable time. I had a miserable time watching this one. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't know what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting it to be the same character from In the Mood for Love, for one thing. Mm-hmm. That was a bit of a surprise. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be mostly narration and exposition via voiceover. I wasn't expecting it to be... I mean, like I said, he, he loves a good shot of a character thinking this movie is
0: there's a lot of contemplation in this movie yeah
1: but here's the problem he gives us so many scenes that are slowed down or very contemplative and he doesn't tell us who that character is or why we should care he doesn't give us any hints about what they might be thinking he just gives us a slow steamy shot of them crouching maybe smoking a cigarette maybe just look at someone else like okay if we knew who this character was i would care <laughs> but just like here's a scene it's really slow okay and now hey look it's mr chow you remember him and, oh look here's a woman that he once knew and then she died and it's like okay uh, i i you, you're giving me no reason to care. You're not giving me anything interesting to look at. Ugh. Anyway, we're, wow. we're, okay, what's completely inert up, as
0: then? far as you're concerned?
1: But <sighs> after watching Chunking Express one yeah. day, in the mood for love the second day, this movie on the third day was like, <clears throat> I know he can do better with this style. I know he can tell an interesting story. <clears throat> I know sometimes he doesn't but here he's just not giving me anything to work with
0: <laughs> yeah i see i see what you're saying here because um it is it is like a slow burn i thought it was interesting yep. how it really chronicles these three different very diverse romances which kind of take a different approach to things and it's about um the different ways we approach different people in our lives yeah uh which i guess is powerful enough um <laughs> no no that's an excuse <laughs> that's an excuse <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i i guess it, inside the the theoretical context of the film it's really about um it, the the commitment kind of leaving people that it, it's an artificial construct in some way it's a uh belief system that's antiquated or something um that the the actual human connection is something that we can never actually achieve I think that's a little bit of what he's going for but you're just saying in a lot of ways the stylistic that. approach <laughs> just like completely turned you off it was like come on give me stop with, with the scenes of cigarette smoke slowly billowing up or uh, people looking longingly at the corner off the corner of the frame at the thought of a person—that's uh, more what annoyed you, I think, more than anything.
1: Well, I mean, when you're spelling it out, I think he has interesting themes here. I don't think the stories are that bad on paper. Maybe, like, I can see. I like the the three relationships he has, and I like how it's sort of structured as we get, you know, three acts of him establishing these different relationships and then three acts of him sort of concluding these different relationships. Mm -hmm. And none of them are the same. None of them turn out how you think they might. It's kind of an interesting sort of slice of life thing. Um, But whereas the other two movies had, you know, outlines of a story that were filled in by this breathtaking movie making, this one has like, okay, we've got a little more story here but the movie making is just covering it all up and showing me things I don't care about and dwelling on things that aren't established. And like given this, I mean, it's not a bad concept to say he's writing a science fiction book and the characters in his life are in this book, but then they show us scenes of this book sort of, and it's just like, repetition again with the hey did you ever hear that if you go to the top of a mountain and carve a hole in a tree and you whisper your secret into it and you fill it with mud and it's like okay that was sort of the climax of in the mood for love so i got that i know your metaphor i know the importance of that he repeats that four or five times in this movie and it wasn't powerful the first time and it certainly isn't powerful when it's like one thousand hours later the character thing about the whisper in the whole of the tree. You know, like, oh boy, you've you've beaten that point with a stick.
0: Ah, So you're feeling like a part of it's a lot just a lot of overkill, the same same concept again and again. I get it, Wong. I get it, Mr. Wong. You don't need to keep talking about this over and over again.
1: This is his style gone amok, right? I mean he still Mm. has moments of beautiful photography. Right. Like I won't say this isn't a good-looking movie, but the parts of it aren't very good looking. Um, and he he sort of again, that slow motion that that killed Chung King for me, that he I thought ironed out within the Moon for love. He sort of brings back in a really terrible way in this movie, where slow motion is used and it's not used in Chung King how it was for action, where where everything is sort of a swish, a swirl, the action is just sort of happening and whoa. You know, like, the scene is, like, almost bleeding in front of your eyes. But he also doesn't do the nice, like, overclocked film slow motion of In the Mood for Love. He does this sort of, well, we shot this scene regularly, but I want it slower. So we're just going to slow it down. And it's just going to look kind of bad. You know? It just doesn't look good. And it happens every other scene Uh where it's like he shot the movie and was like, this isn't slow enough. You know, I mean, the other two <laughs> movies are slow burns and I appreciate a slow burn. This movie is slow, but it's not burning. I don't know what it's doing. Well, I think
0: he feels like it's burning. I think he, he feels like that we're, we're getting the sense of like who the Tony young character is, how he really, it really was um, good for him to have not had the relationship in the previous film that he is kind of toxic in his way. Uh, he is he is uh, kind of just continually falling into these relationships, like with the prostitute, where he, he's just not able to actually achieve anything that's more than uh, his own kind of surface gratification. No matter how much he wants to, he aims to be deeper um, in a way. It's like yeah. this portrait of male shallowness, which I think is very interesting where um, he is. It, it puts the, it puts uh in the mood in a different context, I think where um Mrs. Wong is the strong one, really she is she is yeah. fighting to keep herself under control, so when he says you know, I love you in in the mood for love, it is kind of a moment of like male vanity and weakness
1: uh I think yeah, given again the cultural, the time, all those uh the backdrop of the movie, yeah, I think I think you're right, but I think here too, it's like without having in the mood for love for context. Yeah. Um, Then like his physical relationship with this, you know, escort is just like, who cares in the context. It's sort of like, Oh, he's fulfilling all the physical desires he couldn't fulfill in the relationship that he let go on in in the mood for love. So it's like, okay, that's an interesting thing to explore. Right. To be like, okay, he had this, this like cerebral connection with this woman in this entire movie here he's going to have a physical relationship with this woman you know and he's going to be like oh no we're drinking pals and you know almost be like let me pay almost like you're pathetic right mm-hmm. like i'm superior in this relationship just to give him sort of all those things that he couldn't experience before he's sort of <laughs> you know letting loose in a still relatively restrained way but you can see him loosening all those things that he held dear and In the Mood for Love, you know? But to you, it's like, to what end? What do I care?
0: doesn't matter to me It's what you're saying. Well,
1: that, that end, they would have a scene and it would be like, okay, there's a little bit of interesting dialogue, a little bit of back and forth. And then a scene of him, you know, sitting back or her doing something in terrible so much and be like, so this is what happened when I had... A conversation with her and we talked about this and then it's like yeah i know you just showed that scene <laughs> like don't tell me how your character felt i mean okay the old adage show don't tell you don't need to stick to it but in this case that would have done him well you know he tells us and shows us and then tells us again yeah
0: i think i'm seeing a definite criticism here from you chris <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I almost didn't finish this movie I'll tell you I I stopped it I stopped it with uh 20 minutes left and then I forced myself before bed just to well I feel bad then we we usually talk about
0: these film films that you uh really enjoy and instead I kind of thought you would get more out of these than it turns out you did